0: comics to my right alex Pastrana himself how are you doing ap
1: hello everybody Hi. i'm good
0: to my left Dub himself garrett how are you doing i'm doing good wednesday comics podcast my name is marvin we're here to tell the comics coming out for july 1st 2020 also reviewing some comics that came out last week uh and then uh also talking about a comic book that came out a while ago but you know what we gotta fill out the cast you know fill out the cast of books and uh and uh this last uh show i would say of the quarter before our uh book club show and then uh we will start the next quarter with a new kind of book club so keep uh tuned to the end when we tell you uh how to contact us if you've uh read our uh book for this week and then uh stay tuned to the next week's show uh when we'll tell you what book we're reading for the next quarter um uh i I got something to say here actually guys uh not kind of kind of kind of book related so um uh, Disney Plus, I talked about it last week, ha- uh, having put on a bunch of Fox stuff. Um, and Spider-Man, obviously, is a ca- is a character in the cartoon, like animation kind of world. They own those rights still. Uh, and so uh, my son's favorite superhero is Spider-Man. And so every once in a while, we go, to, we go to Disney Plus and watch some of the Spider-Man stuff. For a while, we we're, were watching, there's like this very kid-friendly version. It's like five to seven minute episodes, which bug the hell out of me, by the way. That's only like five <laughs> minutes because because then it, it, the credits are like three minutes. And so oh, it's like it's like three. It is not like Netflix. Like it doesn't skip through the credits. It lets you watch the whole credits. So I got to reach for the remote every fucking two seconds to skip past the credits. Not, not that I sh- you shouldn't credit those people, but I'm just saying, hey, the episode. I mean, the credits as long as the episode. So uh, anyways, and so we we're watching that for a while. He's a little older now, so like that really doesn't hold his attention as much anymore. I tried to get him to watch like the older, uh, not the old, it's not super old, but Earth's Mightiest Avengers, uh, Avengers, and I think that just has too much plot for him right now, because uh, when there's plot things going on, he kind of get, gets interested in it. But I remember, so there was spectacular Spider-Man that was on, and I remember enjoying that, but I don't, that's not on Disney Plus for some reason. Um, and But after that show was canceled, they did Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, right before they did this other Spider-Man, which has horrible animation. Um, but Ultimate Spider-Man, I remember, had had, uh, had good enough in a, in a animation that I could watch it. But I remember at the time being like, this is for younger kids, and I stopped watching on TV or even attempted to watch it. So now I see it there and I go, oh, okay, well, this is for, I think, for his age range. So uh, I put it on and... I kind of like look through the episodes cause I, I'm not going to start episode one. I don't need the origin story again. And so I'm looking through the episodes and uh, there's a four part uh, series, I guess you'd call it four part episode where it is uh, spider verse. It's called into the spider verse and it's a uh, goblin going through different spider Verses, getting uh, spider man's DNA to get them all together. So that way he can inherit all the speed and the power from all the spider man and get faster and, and stronger Um, so I started watching that, you know what? It is pretty great. And I never expected to see that, uh, say that because when I remember before when I would watch it, I'd be like, this is way too kidding. And there are some things that are kind of dumb about it, but the into the spider verse episodes, it's four part one. Like when they go to 2099, it's like computer animation. And then when they, like each place that they go, it changes the animation kind of style. And I thought it was kind of cool. And, uh, there was enough action that, uh, he watched the whole thing. There's obviously some exposition, but it's very light. Uh, but I thought it was just a fun show. And so I thought it would bring it up being like, hey, I actually watched uh, a, a Spider-Man show uh, that I didn't think I would like. And uh, usually in the past, besides the animated movie, anytime they do a Spider-Verse thing, I'm always like, yeah, you're just cashing in so you can like... It's, it feels like a cash grab every time for me that they do that. And uh, I actually enjoyed it. And I think I got the appeal for it now. Like I figured out <laughs> why they do it all the time. Maybe not to... Um, as a cash grab, but it's really interesting to see those changes in the characters and addressing that this character has so many alternate versions that you can do a story like this. So, there's actually the second episode is actually uh, mostly Spider-Man Noir, and it's written by Paul Dini. It's actually pretty good.
2: Ooh, the King.
0: Yeah, he does a Noir one. Uh, it was majority of the episode. The last like ten minutes is about uh, uh Spider Ham, but. Like the first big chunk of it is about noir, and I actually thought it was pretty good. So Damn. I just wanted to bring that up that I watched it.
2: Is that the one with Drake Bell who does the voice? Of yeah, Spider-Man? Drake Bell. Okay.
0: Josh and Drake.
1: Drake I and Josh, I. Man. I, I thought the one time we watched it, or at least I watched it with you guys, I remember thinking Spider Man just sounded so stupid, and like he, I don't even know what he was saying if he's talking to Power Man or or what was going on. But I remember not enjoying it, but. Garrett, doesn't your brother like that show, that specific one? The one, the, no, he likes the original Spider-Man one, the '90s. One. The '90s, nin- I like the '90s. Is great. '90s is a little dark, but I really enjoy that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, the cartoon was amazing. What a, I mean, not not as good as the original, but it was pretty close. I did, I couldn't get into the Ultimate. Maybe I'll have to give it a try just to. Well, what My well, foot back in it. I like like
2: Ultimate. I remember being pretty good Um, because, like, Stan Lee cameos in that one and whatnot, but then the one after this one is garbage.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That one I try to watch one time when it was on TV. It's like, hey, you want to watch Spider-Man? And the animation, I don't know, they paid some guy two bucks for this animation. (laughs) It is literally... I think I sent you a picture one time, Alex, and I can't send it to you after the show uh, just as a reminder, but I sent you a picture of uh, how Craven looks like in that show, and I remember you telling me being like... What is this like? Who drew this thing? And I'm like, dude, that's a TV show. It's on right now. Like,
1: uh, you have to send it to me again because I don't remember seeing that. Yeah, it's pretty
0: bad. Um, (laughs) uh, It almost seems like that they uh, just wanted to get a Spider-Man whatever out, and they were like, hey, put that out, put that out. That'll that'll be good enough. And be like, all right, okay. Like, you can't pay two bucks. You got to only pay the dollar. (laughs) Like, it's obviously better animation out there. I mean, uh, which actually also. Speaking of which, animation, I saw today the Sony Entertainment animation kind of part of Sony animation. Uh, president said today that because of everything going on, the quarantine in the, and the uh, pandemic, and everybody's being isolated, you can't really do live action stuff because you got to be bu- with everybody. But he said that animation is still continuing uh, since you can do a lot of that remotely. And actually, it's benefiting because all animation kind of stuff is still on track to come out when they were supposed to come out. Meanwhile, everything else is like delayed and pushed back, and so he said actually, since that's the case, to look forward to some PG thirteen and R rated animation stuff coming out of Sony Animations because they want to fill those demographic like content that they're going to put out. Now that stuff got delayed, they need they need something for those for their audience that's that uh, older, and so they are working on that kind of stuff. Which actually made me, I mean, not that I need a rated R like Spider Man, but maybe something uh deadpool
2: like do that well i, I guess they don't have, we deadpool, don't have that. But.
0: well anything i mean like if you look at animation in in most of the world besides uh america they make animation for adults and kids and in yeah. america for some reason they see animation and be like yeah that's for kids um hmm. so maybe if they can do something else uh That'd be good because that Spider-Verse movie was actually pretty great. So, i like to see what else they could do out of that studio. So, yeah. uh, like I mentioned earlier, July 1st, 2020, that is the date uh, the comics will be coming out. That is July. Uh, we're in July, halfway through the year. Who would have known? Uh, it is coming up. You know, I had a dream the other day. Uh, it, actually, that <laughs> I think it actually might be stemming off of, of Alex telling us it was going to snow. Uh, I had a dream that it was snowing and, be, and I remember thinking in the dream being like, holy shit, the year flew by. It's snowing now. Uh, but it's only halfway. And, but I'm pretty sure uh, it, I'll wake up and, and it will be in December because that's how fast this year is going. And slow. This, year, this year's been fast and slow. So, uh, you know, I don't even know what day it is. January 20th. Uh, all America... This is from Image Comics. Uh, July 1st. Uh, all America... Comics one-shot from Joe Casey and Sonia Harris Harris and Dustin Nguyen. Her last name is Vasquez. Her first name says it all. When confronted with the hidden secret of the universe, you won't believe the cosmic truth she uncovers. Brought to you by the Wildcats version 3.0 team of Joe Casey and Dustin Nguyen, reunited after the first time in 15 years. Um, So there you go. Uh, Alex, it finally is here. Goddamn Virgin Brides number one of five, Jason Aaron and R.M. Guerrera. New story arc, Goddamn is back for the long-awaited second chapter. Alex, how many years has it been? It's
1: got to be, what, three? At least three? The
0: long-awaited second chapter of the biblical noir epic, Genesis 6-4, the sons of God came in. Unto them the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. In the time before the great flood, the world... The world of man is a place of uh, wanton violence and unbridled depravity, uh, but hidden among top of mountain, there is a very different sort of world, one without men. Here, the holy sisters of the secret nunnery live in paradise, a new Eden, rearing their flock of orphan girls to embrace their future as blessed brides of the sons of gods. But when Sherry and Gel, two girls on the cusp of flowering, uncover what is truly meant to be a bride, they realize there's only one way to escape the bonds of matrimony run like hell. Uh, if anybody doesn't know this uh, series, which I wouldn't blame you, the first one came out years ago, uh, The Goddamned is basically Jason Aaron's uh, retelling of Old Testament. Like, it's really uh, bloody and hardcore. and uh, it, But it is obviously still biblical stories, but it's told from a vein of like how violent stuff was back then so uh, it's not an easy book to read but I do find it enjoyable the first one was enjoyable anyways uh, so we'll see how the second one is actually here we go Alex originally published the uh, first issue was November 11th 2015 was mm-hmm. the first <laughs> issue but the last issue that came out uh, God or 5 was 2016 November uh, so it's been four about four years uh, five since we started that series, so it's back. It's back. Oh,
1: my gosh. I don't remember it being that long, but <laughs> yeah, that's how fast it has been. I remember it's time. been a while. I think,
0: I think we had a conversation about Jason Aaron uh, a little bit ago in the show like a month or two ago and being like, what happened to the goddamn? And I was like, it's dead forever. Well, here it is, <laughs> I guess. Oh, yeah. I don't think I ever hear anything announced about it, so it must be just out of the blue. Uh, Negan lives number one, Robert Kirkman and Charlie Allrad. Uh, the greatest fucking comic book villain of all time returns. Enough said. Robert Kirkman, and uh, Cliff Rayburn, and Charlie Allrad. Uh, so is this new series spinning off of uh, Walking Dead, or is this in that one that was collected in the back of Image Plus?
2: I heard this is an original. I mean, it's not an original, but I heard it's like an epilogue piece. So like, since the Walking Dead series ends, but no one found out really what happened to Negan going forward, so they're going to have one last issue spotlighting Negan.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. Well. One shot. Yeah, It is more expensive. It's about it's four ninety nine, I think it said. So, uh, it makes sense. Uh, IDW, issue number 24 of TMT Urban Legends. This is Gary Carlson and Frank Fosco. The, enters, the end is nigh, 21 years in the making. The final three issues of Gary Carlson and Frank Fosco's legendary TMT run are here. Who is the Lady Shredder? The Turtles believe they found the answer in Car... Ka- Carrie? Carrie? Carari? Carari. karate, Uh, but soon become apparent that not as all as it seems with Master Splinter on his deathbed and Warlord Komodo knocking on their door. What are they supposed to do now? What do you think, Alex?
1: Uh, So I've actually intentionally chose not to read the last two issues uh, with knowing that there's going to be three more issues, including number 24 through 26 to come out, that I just want to binge read it all. So I'm actually (laughs) really excited to get back into it. It's, little, it's more gritty than I'm used to. Uh, some faces get burned off. Some peeps' hands get eaten by Komodo dragons. It's it's different. Uh, but I'm also real excited to see how this ends, especially since it has been so long. It stopped at 23. We're going to get this final three issues to kind of tie everything together. Uh, it should be a fun, fun ride these last couple months. All right.
0: And DC and Marvel, nothing, right? Right. That's it. Um,
2: uh, well, nothing that we get, yeah.
0: No, I don't see anything.
2: I thought I saw that uh oh
0: Oh wait, DC wouldn't previews, be on here because yeah, obviously they're not gonna go be. On We gotta go to, it, to DC Yeah, I forgot they broke up. Uh I, I think that's something we haven't been doing in the shows where you figured out that Batman wasn't coming out, all those other comics we missed.
2: Um, and by the way, their pre like D C Comics' preview section sucks balls, so yeah so be, re- be ready for that. It's like it's all their covers, not in alphabetical order. And uh, it, it says these are
0: the week's comics, and these came out last week. So we got to go next week. Uh, no, the new edition they, of uh, Batman uh, Arkham Asylum coming out. There you go. The new what? Arkham Asylum, Batman, The Grant Morrison, your favorite book.
2: Oh, of like volume two or just a new A new uh, version, a new version. Oh, okay.
0: Got it, got it, got it. Craft novel, comic uh, book. I'm going to say everybody save your money. It was a crap quick. Graphic novel, comic book. Oh, there's nothing really coming out either. <laughs> I don't see anything. All I see is a bunch of graphic novels, reprints mostly. Uh, and in uh, two comic books, Supergirl number 42 and Teen Titans Go number three, the digital uh, issue, and Wonder Woman, Agent of Peace number eight. Huh. Hmm. Well, there you go. Uh, Marvel, not making an appearance. I believe they come back in the full swing of things pretty soon after the fourth, the next week. So next week after this one. Uh, I think so.
2: No? Yeah, be ready okay. for like 12 uh, X-Men
0: comics. Actually, let me go, let me one go one back to that previous world and uh, confirm that before I uh, spew that. Next week, let's say, next week, we have some Boom Books, Star Horse, DC Comics. How come DC Comics is still on there then for next week? That's
1: that's weird. They shouldn't be. I, I'd say I, I keep seeing DC Comics on previews, so <clears throat> maybe I they've chosen know, to still uh, help them. I mean... I know, him, it, but.
2: I know it hasn't been accurate, though, because, like, they were missing, like, all their Black Label stuff on there when those were coming out the last couple weeks. Because, like, Strange Adventures and uh, Death of Vic Sage, uh, they came out, was it last week? And yeah. uh, they weren't solicited on Previous World, hmm. which is odd.
0: Well, I saw Marvel have some books next week, but uh, not the big comeback like I thought they would. But then again, I
2: think it's at the end of July, I heard.
0: Yeah, but then also again, fun. I remember they said they were gonna kind of. It's gonna be a while before the comics are. Well, the way Marvel puts out comics, fifteen books a week, uh, because they're trying to stretch out what they basically missed out on putting out the last three months, and that that way they can ramp up and continue on. So, because uh, they stopped production for a while. So There you go. The comics coming out for uh, July first. Not a lot to pick from. So, uh, Garrett, what do you think is gonna be your pick?
2: Um, I think the week after that's gonna be my pick.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Alex. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm gonna go with the only book I have is Urban Legends number twenty-four.
2: And I, mean, I might not have a book at all coming out next week.
0: Hmm. I don't think you guys have anything coming out. Well, next I got week. the goddamned. So are you uh, getting goddamned? Of course, I'm fucking. i been waiting for four years. You just hear me? <laughs> but we need four fucking was, years. I'm, I'm gonna
1: ago. have to reread number one again just to make sure I remember what happened.
0: I mean, it's a good thing we have that our uh, book club show next week because nothing coming out anyway. So. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know, Goddamned was a, a a good goddamn book, and I'm gonna pick up the goddamn book because I'm going for goddamn years. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of goddams in there.
0: Alex, I was speaking earlier about your weather predictions of snow, and obviously, it did not happen. The opposite happened. It's been pretty fucking hot. What do you what do you think about this fucking week? <laughs> I don't know why I'm swearing. Know, so,
1: <laughs> so I, uh, I actually did watch a little bit of the weather, and I who knows? I could be obviously wrong. But last week when I watched the weather and I wait all day for the rain to show up or it to be nice and comfortable outside and it's either hotter than hell or it's literally like pouring rain, just the deluge, deluge of rain. Uh, this week's going to be hot. It's gonna be hot. I mean, of course, it's 4th of July weekend. What do you expect it to be? Comfortable? Hell no. It's going to be hot. Emphasis on hell. That's what it's going to feel like. Uh, that rain that you think is going to make your life better is not. All it's going to do is make the mosquitoes even bigger and make sure you cut your lawn probably probably before Tuesday because I saw some rain on its way. Uh, be ready for it. Get your boats out just in case. Uh, if you're going camping, make sure you put your uh, bug spray on. You don't want to get ticks, Lyme disease. Um, you know what? Just take care of yourself. Look at the weather before you go do stuff. I mean, it's obviously, simple things. Look up. Not down at your feet. How was that? Was that good? You you did your best, man. <laughs> Thanks. I think
0: Thanks. You, I think you lost me at that gonna be hot this week, and I uh, well actually no, you lost me when I said you listened to other people's opinions. I come for Alex's forecast, not other people. I can go real people's forecast. I like, the, when, well, I like I, when I like when Alex tells me it's not gonna rain, I, and I, then it fucking rains. That's hey, what I need.
1: You know what? I remember that day when I told you guys, it's <laughs> going to be 80 degrees. You're like, no, no. It's not going to be 80. They didn't say it's going to be, and I was right. It was 80. Um, you're right. I'm going to tell you what it's going to be. It's going to be hotter than hell. Get your umbrellas. Let just me ask
0: case. you a question. Yes. On Friday, what will the temperature be? I know I, know I looked at the forecast, uh, the ones you were trying to look at, because you wanted to take it fucking easy, and it said it's supposed to be 91 as a high. What do you think?
1: I was actually going to say it's going to be 93, so...
0: Ninety-three. Okay, there we go. That's Alex's. Uh...
1: So I mean, they're pretty close to what I would say, scientifically speaking. They're pretty close, uh, but that two degrees more—it's just more balls sticking to your thighs. Alex, what do we have?
0: What, how come we have summer and winter? What do we have seasons for? What happens? <clears throat>
1: so as the the Earth rotates, as the world turns—no pun intended—the uh, sun is either farther or closer, depending on which pole, whether north or south, that's where penguins live in the south, and the north is where the polar bears live with the walruses. Depending on what is closest, that's when your seasons happen. So right now, South America is having winter.
0: The world's on an about. axis, you're saying.
1: Of course. This is the equator, which is always uh, always hot. You've heard of hell. That's what it's called, the equator. <laughs> I uh, you got your tropics, you got your cancer. You got your Capricorn. Those, those are also warm, but that's in between the equator and the North poles, you know, and the poles. sorry, not just North, but South as well. Uh, just, you know what, uh, you want more meteorology stuff. You want more seasons. Uh, come back to me next week. I'll have more information for you.
0: There you go. Brought to you by rainbow comics and cards.com. Your definitive source for all thing Comic books, uh, Go to their website, RainbowComicsAndCards.com, to figure out. Uh, they have a location in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Lincoln, Nebraska. They can uh, ship anywhere uh, in the U.S. Uh, or if you're in those towns, stop on by. Uh, as Alex said, uh, you can experience that weather on the way there. And uh, there's a lot of potholes right now. I know we used to talk about potholes. I'm not anymore. But uh, the roads are pretty bad right now. But it's a good thing uh, because of, you know, you would fucking think. Hold on. Let me talk about something for a second here. This is only for our city, obviously. I don't know how other cities are handling this. You would think right now when you got, you know, pandemic, not that many people are using them, the roads, you would fill in these fucking potholes, you know, when you got the chance. But yet on a daily fucking basis, because I still got to go down one road uh, every day. And, it's a short ride. And there's a fucking pothole. It's most of the fucking road. Uh, I can't avoid it. So I just got to slow down, make sure I don't... You think it's better to just speed through that shit or just slow it down?
2: Uh, slow it down, definitely.
0: I went an extra 20 miles per <laughs> hour to hope to fly over that shit. Is that accurate to what happened, Alex?
1: Well, I was going to tell you. Uh, so I actually thought that if the hole was small enough to go over it fast... So that way your tire doesn't have time to set it Well up. what I was but trying to do is slow,
0: I don't know if you've seen the, the documentary called The Man with the Golden Gun. Uh or maybe it's Little <laughs> not Let Die, one of the two. Uh it's Little Let Die. Uh nope, it's Man with the uh, Man with the Golden Gun, I believe. Uh, where James Bond goes over a ramp and does a little loop-de-loop over a oh river. God. That's what I'm trying to do via pothole. <laughs> and I wanna know if it's, if it's possible by going twenty more miles per hour over that hole
1: you know what uh, you know you know what it's it's you never know it could be you know what i'm gonna see it as possible do it more often a little more speed well, i have been doing Bumper. it
0: I, in you my head that's what i see what happens but i hear something i'm and every time i just think you know what that's in my head with the noise i hear when it fucking hits the pothole uh but I, I, it's probably not that right i'm probably flying over it
2: you know what, marvin uh, i just say uh <laughs> live it uh live and let die and you'll be okay
0: yeah, you know you what no I want
1: be the guy who dies twice <laughs> hey you only live twice
0: there
1: you go sorry go you know
0: what, what I say die another day baby uh here yeah. we go that Texas blood number one uh Chris Condon Jacob Phillips a new image number one Jacob Phillips uh, the colorist on uh my favorite uh my heroes are uh junkies is that called yep My favorite heroes are junkies. And also uh, Criminal, uh, the color sign Criminal, his first artiste, uh, first one where he's doing the colors and the uh, art, along with Chris Condon, who uh, at the back of the book explains that this started as a movie and nobody would buy it. And he talked to his friend, Jacob Phillips, and was like, hey, let's do this as a comic book. So here we go uh, as a comic book. Uh, It's basically the uh, premise here is a very old Sheriff of a small town in Texas. Uh what, t- what town was that?
2: Ambrose County. Yeah, uh
0: basically thinks he he's 70, right? He's 70 years old. He it's his birthday, and he thinks he might be getting too old for the job. You know, it's times have been changing, but he's still the sheriff of the town. He still has a duty to do. And so this first issue is him on a day, his birthday. He's still out there uh doing what he can for the little town that he uh, patrols, and uh, shit goes bad, that's all I'll say right now. But uh, Alex, what do you think of this book? Uh,
1: you know what? It was good. I don't know if I – it was good enough for me to be thinking I need to get Issue 2 just to continue to give it a try. Uh, originally, when we had talked about this last week, I wasn't going to give it a try. I wasn't even going to attempt it. Uh, and then I looked at what our reading list was going to be, and I was like, you know what? I can give it a go. I'll give it. I'll give it the old college try. It was fine. I don't know if I would. I, there's nothing that really sticks out other than the last little bit, because even when you're talking about him being old, he's like, "I'm too old for this shit." And like, yeah, that's a good. Called a Murtaugh, and and his wife is kind of pushy, and he's just he feels like Andy Griffith from the Andy Griffith show, where he's just that that nice sheriff. Going about town, doing his own things, talking over the walkie, talking to his wife over the walkie, when he really shouldn't be. And I was just like it's it's fun ish. I don't yeah. know. I'm in that like weird water. I'm not sure if I liked it or not.
2: I mean, I can agree with you f- for some parts of that, Al. I mean, I think this was a very beautifully drawn issue um, as far as the story goes. Like, I agree. I mean, it was, but I, also. If you think of, like, a movie, this is probably, what, the first first act, so you can't have crazy shit happening left and right when you just start the movie, right? So, I don't know. I thought it was it was enough to pull me in, and I think, um, you know, it was compelling enough that I'm excited for issue two. Um, and I really felt, I mean, because of Jacob Phillips' uh, art and colors, I really felt like I was reading, like, a criminal book. So it, it has that same aesthetic for me.
0: <clears throat> uh this book was right my fucking alley. I love this book. Uh it, there's something about this issue and there was a there was a brief time and I actually uh um what what I okay here here's the thing. This book obviously is about an old guy doing his old thing. He's obviously trying to change his ways. There's a small scene in the convenience store when he's thinking about do I vape jerky? Or do I buy this dried fruit? Like, I'm trying to eat better. My wife tells me I should eat better. Like, I'm trying, uh, I should be changing my ways. And he ends up buying both the dried fruit and the beef jerky, even though we know in our heart of hearts he's just going he to eat that beef jerky. He just thinks he should change. And <laughs> he's this guy who's not really going to change. I mean, he still does uh, all the things that he would do, even when he is uh, basically he goes to uh, this house. And he knows, basically, that the the woman inside Ruth uh, is probably being abused by her uh, boyfriend. And he still turns a blind eye and doesn't do anything about it. He knows. He sees the can on the ground that he's been drinking, hears the story from the convenience uh, worker, and he still decides to do nothing about it. And because that's what he would always do. You turn blind eye, you let people deal with their own business in a small town like that. You don't want to get involved. Even though, like, Ruth would tell him to get involved if he needed to get involved. She doesn't call the police. It's not my business. She even tells him, like, you know, I can handle myself. And um, so you have this guy who is constantly doing the job he's always done. So much so that there's a part of it where he's in his car and he fucking falls asleep. Like, this dude is obviously, he's in this small podock town and he does a job that he does because that's what he does. And he's not, he's not going to change his ways. He's fucking 70 years old. And what I love about this is that the one thing he feels guilt over and and she, his wife even kind of explains, you're getting older, you're feeling guilty is that his brother kind of went crazy and uh, had to one time got killed basically by the cops, by him and his partner. He killed his partner. It looks like, and then uh, he killed his own brother to save his partner. Um, he had like kind of like a bad dream about it, where he was talking to his partner, and like he feels guilty about things he's done in the past. Uh, and then, at the end of this book, we see uh Ruth's boyfriend speeding down the road and he pulls him over, and he sees that he's a gun in his lap and he goes, Hey, put the gun away, and uh he says, uh, something about her like. She- I'm sorry, like, she, she... And then he kills himself. And it ends with him... It ends with uh, Joe uh, just staring at this guy's brains all over his car, basically, and looks in the back and he sees that there's this casserole dish back there and that's his wife's casserole dish. She was asking him all day to get it and he didn't. Uh, he basically believed uh, that this guy would be bringing it back to him and he obviously didn't, so... Um, and, uh, oh, hold on, go ahead.
2: No, I was going to say, I loved that part. Like, this issue is called the casserole dish. And, like, the whole issue, it, it kind of reminds me of, like, Breaking Bad with the Fly episode. Where, like, it's it's a item that has such a huge focal point throughout this entire issue. But it's never so in front of your face that you're so concerned about this casserole dish. And the fact that, at the end, the casserole dish is just sitting in the back seat, like... The guy murders his wife, probably. So we're assuming, and just still has the decency to put the casserole dish in the back of his car to maybe bring it over to the sheriff's house. So I was like,
0: yeah, and he that's, that's obviously kills himself because he pulls him over and he sees the blood on him, and he knows like I either kill myself now or yeah. I mean, he probably in his head was like, I'll return this and then I'll kill myself. Like, <laughs> <and> he obviously <laughs> doesn't get there, and at the end you see them at her house. With uh, or uh, yeah, at her house, um, and then you see the gas station where she Ruth was working is all closed down, and then you just see the desert. And he goes, "Well, see, I thought it'd feel different," and he just thought like by the time he'd get seventy, like he thought he would be a different person, but he really is just coasting through being this kind of guy. And something about like this kind of story where you have somebody who uh, obviously. Was not, I mean, he's literally, there's not much, many cops to this town. I mean, it must be just him and somebody else. Uh, and there's like a dispatcher. And uh, just like the small town, kind of like this cop who obviously times are different now. He's too old. Not. He's not only too old for this job, but he just doesn't have the mindset for this job anymore. The job has changed. And it's changed and it's kind of went past them. And, but he still has it in his blood to be like, let me, this is my job. This is what I do. But is he still good enough to be doing this? And that kind of story, at least for me, and, uh, by reading the back matter, him saying that this basically was going to be the first third of that movie. And the second third, uh, two thirds, we won't see until he's ready to finish this book up. So now we're just kind of going to get, um, this cop dealing with stuff in Ambrose County for me. I mean, I find uh, where this can go is very interesting. And it doesn't have to be an action book. It doesn't have to be a book that always involves this kind of stuff. I kinda I enjoy the man- meandering him, living his life, and just uh, dealing with the townspeople and, like, thinking about things and then realizing that maybe he should be doing more and maybe he is too old for this. And we'll see where that goes. Obviously, the first issue can be like this and set up a good premise, for me at least, a good premise that I enjoyed, and uh I fall flat on its face. But I thought at least for a first issue, for somebody like me, that I think I, I was, this is the kind of book I was expecting, and I thought it delivered on it. And uh, Jacob Phillips' artwork actually uh, is different enough than his father's for me to tell that it's not his father's, but I thought very enjoyable. The colors are fantastic, uh, especially in the desert scenes, that uh, I was like, yeah, I think this is my thing. And uh, I really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, I'll definitely be sticking around. I mean, I think uh, it was a good book. Um, the part where he, at first I got a little worried when they did that little, uh, where he was sitting with his old mentor at the fire or his partner that got shot by his brother when they had that huge page full of text. I was like, oh boy, here we go. But it was actually enjoyable and a good story on those pages and kind of scary when that uh, skeleton was kind of showing up in the background. So, yeah, I think this book can uh Excite you in ways that uh, is pretty horrifying. Um, so it's going to be like a thriller, and I'm I'm pumped. I think it'll be a good book.
0: Yeah. So basically, yeah, that part you're talking about. I went back and read it. So basically, the story was that his partner, he his his brother shot his partner through the chest with a shotgun, and they show the his partner's ghost with a huge fucking hole in his chest, and then he put down his brother because of that, and so um, they basically said that his brother. At uh one point earlier, uh, what what did his brother do?
2: Um, he had like a pet deer.
0: Oh yes, he had a pet deer. It's I actually I actually love this the story because it's very simple, but I think it, it it tells a very um a very good uh point in the story to to kind of like show you how his brother basically turned into. Well, here's what happened. So his brother finds his deer, he befriends his deer, and he kind of, uh, with a string kind of, uh, what do you call it, puts it in the backyard, he kind of leashes it up, and that's going to be his pet. But he didn't tell his parents because he knew once he told his parents, his parents were going to be like, that's a fucking deer, get it out of here, like it's wildlife. And so he went to school, and he was like, and he came back. And, uh, he was so, uh, done with the day and hungry and everything like that he came back and his dad had made this huge meal. And so they dig into it, you know, potatoes, corn and meat he starts eating the meat and he's like, this is not beef. And so he kind of, kind of looks at it and then he looks at his father and he goes, Hey, what is this? And he goes, you know what? He's actually, his dad is, is happy. And he's like, you know what? Uh, I went out back and I saw there was this deer there. Uh, deer didn't care to like run away. Wasn't scared. Just kind of stood there. So uh, I was like, hey, here's uh, food for the week. My boys are going to eat good this week. And uh, his brother fucking screamed because his pet deer fucking dead. And he's been eating him. <laughs> and he goes back to where he was strung up and uh, uh, not strung up, strung to the fence and finds uh, the string and finds blood on the floor and then kind of looks to his right and hanging in the garage is the deer all kind of stripped out for the meats and hanging there, like, uh, bleeding out. And he said his brothers never been uh, the same since then. And I think it's a very simple story to kind of tell you, like, my brother was his kid who, like, was the sweetest soul in the whole world. He wouldn't even fucking hurt this deer. He wanted to, like, protect this deer. He wanted to have as a pet. And, like, this is... And he was basically lost his innocence and was made a monster. He ate what he considered one of his friends and his father killed them. And he realized at that day, at that moment that the world is not so much innocent and that maybe he could have protected the deer if he wasn't so like so innocent and soft about it. And just like that simple way of telling that story and then telling him like his brother snapped and obviously shot the police and his own brother had to fucking kill him to put him down the same way the fucking deer was put down uh, and really like used to be this kid who wouldn't hurt a fly just like the deer and uh, I thought it was like a beautiful way being like he like he became basically something that he never was because of that moment and then his brother had to fucking lose his innocence Ah. by killing his own brother and is it a cycle we'll see. Is he going to become this guy? Like, he's obviously having these dreams. He's having a hard time with it. He's guilty. But the guilt of it uh, is the same guilt that his, his brother felt when he couldn't protect that deer. And now now his brother, Joe, could not protect him. And he turned into a monster and he had to kill him too. So, uh, just like, it's a fucking one page, that whole story. And uh, I, I just thought, uh, it actually, it's kind of like two pages. But um, uh, I just thought, like, like, like I'm saying, like these little small things which uh, I believe this is Chris's first comic book, which blows my fucking mind, but uh, uh, maybe he did other writing work before this, but his first comic book, and he talks about in the past or in the back that it took a while for this issue to come out. They kind of lost funding, and they didn't know whether or not it was going to come out, and so they actually wrote a one-issue comic book out that, that's out on Patreon uh, that you can go purchase for a dollar, uh, and I think I might because uh, I enjoy this so much, but the kind of layers you see in this book do remind me of... Uh, aforementioned criminal and these kind of stories and and actually kind of and it wasn't a solicitor. I know Alex Hayes when they talk about movies or was it Garrett, Garrett Hayes when they talk about movies but they said it's kind of like No Country for Old Men. It is. It really is this kind of story about this old 70-year-old sheriff where he's like can I do this anymore? Like did I am I able to do this? Because once again like he basically wanted to believe in the best of people. Same thing like his brother. Same thing like he was before he shot his brother uh, with the guy and his wife, Ruth. And then it turned out bad again. So really, at what point does he realize, like, the world is not so much innocent as he thought it was because he lost his brother over it and now this lady got killed over it. So where is he, how is he going to become and what's he going to do in order to get over that? Or does he? Or does he just, you know, uh, end up dying of the job because he basically uh, uh, can't break that innocence or not? So we'll see. But.
2: I'd give it a nine. I think it was a strong first issue, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for issue two. I
0: thought it was a it was a good ten for me. But then again, also like when I was reading this, I had the inklings that I was like, I'm gonna enjoy this one the most out of all all, all three. And not to say like, uh, and not to say that in a way that I'm better than you guys, but this is my book. Like this is this is the kind of stories that I enjoy. It's it, it it just like literally every box that you could check in a story that I like this one hit it. So this was a ten for me.
1: I'm gonna give it a seven. It was fine. I've had better. I've had worse. Alex,
0: <laughs> you know if that was a dog that he killed, you would give this a ten. No, I'm just kidding. You uh, you get a zero, just like you did that. Uh, what was that book you guys used to read? Animosity.
1: Oh yeah, yes, that, that, animosity. And that fucking dog guy. <clears throat> so I, like, I read the deer thing, and I thought, wow, that is disg- It's a disgusting story. Uh, I kind of judged that that father for just going oh god gave me a deer tied to the fence okay well i would have kind of gone oh, maybe that's not just a fair anyway it doesn't matter um
0: do you I think just... he sh- do you think he shot it before he saw the string?
2: probably it's on his own land if i had a farm <laughs> and there was a deer staring me in the face he'd be like all right there we go Adios.
0: <laughs> i mean uh, yeah. not to say that garrett would do this but garrett goes deer hunting and so for some reason when it was like strung up i was like i wonder if that they- do you string it up in the garage
2: garrett yeah. how do you
0: clean these things
2: uh, we used to. I mean, if you don't take it to a butcher, you can hang it yourself.
0: Oh, that's but. right. You take it to a butcher, but you can even do it yourself. I right. mean, if you have the tools and time. Right. I mean, like, that's what I'm saying, Alex. Like, for you to give it a seven, fine. This book could have been, like, a, like, like the things that I liked about it, I know there's aspects of the story that I know you guys uh, usually don't enjoy. Um, but for me, like, this is it. Like, uh, and, and you know what? Might shit the, sec- the second issue might be shit. Third issue, shit. But for a first issue, and, and I think a lot of things in my head are like, where is this going to go? And I think a lot of the excitement comes from that, and a lot of what I enjoy is the setting up of that, and if it doesn't go anywhere, we always talk about this always in the show, like if you don't land the ending or even that, or even uh, to take off of that, like if you don't land the second, third, fourth issue, and the first issue is the only thing that's ever good, well, anybody can write a beginning of story and make you think it's going to be good. Uh, not anybody, but most writers. Yeah. Um, but it really—how do you sustain that, and how do you how do you keep building on that to make it good? And we'll see what happens. But for me, good first issue. What else? Uh, hey, uh, Alex, didn't you read something on your own? I did. I what did. did you read? Batman ninety
1: three. Was it Tinian the fourth, and who's the artist? I don't know. Hey, I'll see if I can find it quickly. So I'll
0: find you. it. You go ahead and talk about that.
1: Uh, so okay. You know what the sad thing for me when I read this is that I loved March to the Art Gillian March Gillian March to the Art mm. I uh I read 92 like a week ago and I loved it. I thought 92 was such a a strong strong build up to what this book was Gillian March be. and then I get into 93 and it picks up the pace of like it takes a step back so all that hard work that 92 had done building it up, I really, really, really hated this issue. And I, I, I wish, I, I'm, I'm excited for when Garrett reads it so either he can confirm or deny that this was not good. So you got Catwoman is talking to the underbroker and and outside of the room that she is in, Harley Quinn is fighting um, Punchline. And Punchline's giving this whole big spiel about uh, just garbage. Like, honestly, Punchline probably is the strongest character in this book. You got Batman who's finally met the designer, and I'm, like, big whoop-dee-doo. He pulls out a sword, they're going to have a cute little sword fight, and I just don't care. I like, I just I real, The realization for me, and I realize I'm not telling you much about the book, I hate this book. I want to like it, and I just can't. Because at the end of this issue, after bruce is talking to the designer telling him that yeah i already figured out all these things that you're going to have the penguin. you're going to have the five big assassins coming to town they're going to kill these five important members of gotham city uh the city councilor you're going to have the mayor the deputy mayor they're all going to die simultaneously and the assassins are going to escape and then with that you're going to have the penguins going to now appoint new people because the penguins got the political machine to do so in which case the riddler's going to take over part of the city so that he can stop people from going out by humiliating everybody with his, his damn puzzles. And those who decide to be bad cops can then get a pass and they can help run the city as they want to. Catwoman's going to sit in her own little lonely room and figure out how to get the billions of dollars that belong to Bruce. And the Joker doesn't want to play. And so that pissed off the designer. And that's what Bruce is telling during this whole big duel, well, then we find out that, lo and behold, the designer's dead is already dead, and that the Joker is controlling this. I don't know if it was an animatronic or what, because it's literally a dead corpse who is fighting, and inside this throat <laughs> is is the Joker talking, <sighs> and telling Ew. Bruce that I need you to t- I need you to take a step back for a couple of days while I get the rest of this crap figured out because I got a whole war coming for you and then up behind Bruce sneaks up uh, Deathstroke and stabs Bruce in the leg and tells him, hey, this won't kill you but it will slow you down uh, but if you pull the sword out, it will kill you so you probably need to have Lucius Fox get a medic down here so you don't bleed out and I thought, really? Who, what? what the hell?
2: And that's, like, grounding it in, like, so much unbelievability that it's, like, that doesn't sound too
1: good. And so the other, prop, the other thing with it, Harley Quinn fighting Punchline is Punchline must be super frickin' speedy. So they're duking it out, Punchline's got her knives, uh, Harley has her hammer, and somehow Punchline sneaks up behind her, slits uh, Harley Quinn's neck, throat, and asks her, do you have anything snarky to say? And she's gurgling on her own blood. And so, Yeah. So, there, I mean, there's, there's intense action. But the promissory note of Bruce now is essentially stuck to the floor. And I don't know where, I don't even remember where he is at. So it's like, okay, are you actually going to get medical? Are we going to see some random bat gadget where he pulls the sword out and freezes his own blood to keep it coagulating? And how are you going to bring back someone whose throat has been slit unless you're going to now turn uh, Harley Quinn into a mute, which would be uh, mind-boggling. I just, I read this issue going, I don't think I care. I mean, Marvin, I think you did the right thing jumping off this book. This was like a four. No, that's too high. A three. That was okay. But the story just seems to be jumping from, oh my gosh, here's a really big thing that we can do that's going to blow everyone's mind, where then there's the person like me who's like, my mind is not blown, now I'm just pissed that you keep dicking around with this book. And I know that, that Tinian can write an amazing book, like he has with Something Killing the Children and his Detective Comics run, and I can't believe that it'd be seven issues of him being on this book and it hasn't gotten stronger that we keep beating the same dead horse. Can, no
0: we, can dead. we can Where we can we maybe go? think you, like you just said, Alex, the detective was fine, uh he has his own book, Something's Killing the Children, and that's great. Actually fantastic. You both said it's fantastic. And uh somebody who uh we know we've known to do fantastic work. Also, Tom King, his Batman maybe wasn't the greatest, at least uh some of the arcs um mm-hmm. and for you guys, uh most of the second half. Uh, maybe the issue is not these writers. Maybe there's an editor, a Batman <laughs> that needs to fucking go. <laughs> like, that's maybe. That's what it sounds like at this point. Maybe right? they're pushing mm-hmm. shit on these writers. Maybe they're changing stuff. And uh, maybe that's why you have so many people like Tom King, Scott Snyder, they're like, you know what? I'm done with Batman. You know, the, the character that they wanted to write their whole fucking life. And uh, I mean, Tom King fucking got kicked off the book, basically, uh, because. Maybe um who knows, maybe he said, Hey, can I just fucking leave? <laughs> like I'm done with this book? Like, uh, I don't know. At this point, that's what it sounds like. Like you said, these are good writers. James Tenniant the fourth is a good writer. And uh he's wanted to do a book for like this for a while. Obviously we this detective run was fantastic, but at the time, maybe Detective he got a little more leeway on it because he was using characters that weren't Batman. He was more mostly focusing on the whole group, a group of people, and so he got more leeway to tell the story he wanted to tell. Even and even that point, I remember there was a couple of issues of Detective we didn't enjoy, but most of them were good um, to a point. And I actually remember there's after some point, uh, no, actually his whole run we liked. Uh, there was a couple issues though, but but even still, like it's a lesser book. Uh, in their mind, in in, in uh, DC's mind, even though it's the legacy book. Uh, and so they can do more with it. I mean, that's where Scott got his uh, start, was on Detective before he moved over to. And actually, if you think, if I think about it, what you were saying, Alex, is like they keep just like doing this kind of complex, like, let's see what's going to happen. Let's do this, like it, kind of pushing just the push. And I think back to uh, Scott's Detective run when it was uh, Dick Grayson as Batman and how great those issues were, but they were simple. Like, I don't, there's one thing about any kind of story, not out of any medium, not even just comic books, but people think to be good equals complex. People think, like, if I'm gonna make a good fucking book, it's gotta be like, I gotta fill out like this whole Bible sto- or story Bible that's like all complex. There's all these mysteries and like, there's all this, like, who is this and all this stuff. It's like, but you can tell a simple story and tell it in such a great way that I don't need all that stuff. Like, make it more about the character, make it more about, uh, but I think a lot of emphasis is put on plot, a lot of emphasis is put on story over character work, or even uh, to a point that uh, you were saying, uh, Alex, they put a lot of emphasis on surprises or mysteries and then can't fulfill it because, you know, the whole, the only thing they know how to do is saying, hey, I got something to show you, and then you see and you're like, Ah, eh, well, like, is that it? And you go, yeah, but I, the, the buildup to it, the, the mystery, that's what you were excited for. Like, that's what I'm going to catch you with this. But no, 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 you also got to land it. Like, you can't just, like, hey, there's something behind the curtain. And then when I get back there, you're like, hey, it's nothing. Like, I'm all excited. Fulfill it. Anyways, we've also started What did you give this book? for?
1: i I'm, I'm going to give it a three. For me, personally, it's a three. It's not... I... I know that... And you're right. It probably isn't the writing team. But that's who I'm holding accountable. going, I wish that it... And maybe they are sticking up for their own writing style. Maybe they're like, no, this isn't what I want to tell. I realize editor makes the decision of what what gets printed and what gets rearranged or what gets rewritten, which is unfortunate because I don't feel like this. This doesn't feel like a James Tinian story, but he's just credited with maybe it's just a script. Who knows? I'm just I want a better Batman and I don't feel like I'm getting it. And so who else am I going to scold other than the wonderful writer?
0: Well, I know because he's the face of it. So, I mean, they push, they always push the writer, like, the face of it, like, oh, James Tinian's taking over. Uh, actually, James Tinian, they really, they, they did a little push, but when, like, Tom King takes over or Scott took over, they made a big deal about, like, hey, who here's on, who's on the book? And, uh, and maybe at a certain point, you got to understand that, uh, it, like, the editors who hide behind the scenes, they're supposed to be kind of invisible, but at this point, it's got to be somebody else. Like, we can't keep blaming these writers who are doing great work everywhere else, but somehow they get on the fucking Batman book, and then it's like, hey, what's going on here? This is not the same person I was reading. Maybe that's why. Because it's somebody else. Who who knows? We'll see. But um speaking of Batman, uh, me and Garat uh read a book called Batman the Smile Killer, uh, one shot by <laughs> Jeff Lamiro and Trina Sorrentino and uh Jordy Belair. Hey, did Jordy do the colors for the for the for the Joker killer smile?
2: I thought uh I Oh thought yeah, I think so.
0: yeah, she did. Um, so we get this story, which uh, is told in two different timelines. One when Bruce is big and Batman. Uh, I mean <laughs> older <laughs> Batman, and another one Bruce is a kid, Brucey. Uh Brucey. Um, and he's watching his show, Mr. Smiles, and uh that we had from the last series. And the story basically tells you how as a kid, uh um well, okay, he was Batman, and in the beginning of the story, he's chasing the Joker. The Joker um tries to uh, bring him into this room and Batman looks around and it's this sound stage that they used to film a TV show on. He has a flashback when he was a kid. He used to watch that TV show. And uh, he drew this, uh, uh, what's the guy called? Mr. Pouts? Yep. Mr. Pouts on a paper bag. And Joker's like, why the fuck did you draw that? I told you never to draw Mr. Pouts. And Bruce is like, sorry, I just couldn't draw anything else. And so he tries to convince little Brucey to stab his fucking eye out with the scissors. And his mom walks in and says, what the fuck are you doing? And uh, it's not funny, but it, I mean, in a way it is. Um, and then in the future, when he goes after Joker in the sound studio, he finds Mr. Pouts on the floor, uh, the same bag. And he goes, wait a second, what's this? And then I don't know where Joker jumps out of uh, the shadows and stabs him with the scissors, you know, finally fulfilling what he's set up as a kid. Um but then he runs off into this different room, this uh, wonder maze, and Bruce starts heading towards there, being like, what's going on? And then it kind of shifts, the reality shifts to Bruce being in a psych ward, uh, Arkham, and them and them saying, hey, you're not actually Batman, you've been here for three years, you've been trying to convince yourself that you're Batman, but you're not Batman. Like, uh, this is a story you've been telling, you, as a kid, killed your father? Because Mister Smiles told you to, he convinced you to kill him, and uh, you've been in and out of here since then. Um, Bruce is like, "Fuck no!" Like you guys, this is all a ruse. Like who put me in here? And then uh, he goes, "Get me Jim Gordon." And they go, "Doctor Gordon is too busy right now to see you." And they go, "He goes, Doctor." And then eventually get pulled into Doctor Gordon's office, and he's a psych, uh, psychi- what do you call it, psychiatrist. psychiatrist. And he was his child psychiatrist, and now he, he's uh, dealing with people at Arkham. And so he's been a psychiatrist basically his whole life. And he says, Bruce, you're how many times have we been over this? Like, you're not Batman, there's no Batman. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, Hey, somebody's here to see you. This always seems to help. And his mom walks in and says, Bruce, like, you gotta get over this. Like, uh, there's no Batman, you're not Batman. Like, you killed your father. And uh, Bruce is like, No, like he said, there's a little silver of his mind, he goes, No, Batman's real. I'm Batman. And, uh, he, uh, his cellmate, like his neighbor, not really cellmate, they're all in their own cells, is the character from the first, uh, series. And he tells him, he goes, hey, if they're holding us here against our will, just give me a sign. I just need a sign. And he holds up Mr. Pouts, the window. And Bruce then, uh, makes a commotion. So the guards come in and then he kicks their ass and then he jumps out of a window. (laughs) <laughs> and when he jumps out of the window, he goes, "Just give me a sign." And he looks up, and it's the bat signal. Bruce smiles, and then the book ends. Um, now that's me. That's basically what the story is. Art, fantastic. There's nobody like oh. Sorrentino. Um, um,
2: Sorrentino drawing Batman, so good, so fucking like, good. like oh my god. The
0: the actual Batman parts of this make me want to have Jeff Lemire and Sorrentino do a Batman run. Maybe not in this universe uh because there's so much else going on, like a straight Batman run. I mean obviously make it their own, but I don't need you don't need Bruce thinking whether or not he's Batman or not. Um, I need him to be Batman. And uh, because there's actually cool parts when he's doing detective work. Like he sees the blood, he sees the bottles, um and he has like this HUD that pops up and kind of helps him analyze the blood and stuff like that. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Um especially for a character who always is shown to be rich and has all these gadgets but he never really fucking invests in that suit. <laughs> like, the suit's always just, like, <laughs> it's, like, Kevlar, and then that's it. Like, where's the tech in the suit? Like, uh, put some tech into it. And so, I thought that was cool. Uh, I enjoyed this book, a majority of it. Um, I don't know what to think of that ending. Like, I was, we were talking about this before in the show, before the show started. Like, this was built as a one-shot, so I feel like there should be some sort of finality, to that ending scene and there's not it actually says the end question mark which makes it seem like it's going to continue it better continue Um, but there's nothing planned right now I haven't even heard I did some research there's not even like an interview saying it's going to continue there's like no back matter to say it's going to continue and so while I thought all the book like without that ending the book's fantastic Uh, but with that ending it's also kind of being like okay well then like what were we leading to in this issue
2: yeah, I mean, it kind of lowered the first series in my eyes a little bit because, you know, you see all these characters that you just played with and then now you get to this book and it's like, oh, wait, now we're going we're gonna to go down this rabbit hole that Batman might be crazy, that Bruce Wayne might be crazy. And I'm just like, oof, that's kind of like prolonging something that could have just had a nice like ending, like Joker trying to confuse Batman and Batman being too good for it. Like, there's a one-page spread that I think is just beautiful where Bruce, like, finally, like, accepts. He's like, no, I'm Batman no matter what lies they tell me. And there's this beautiful spread of Bruce is in a cell staring up at the ceiling, and then there's an inverted image of him as Batman staring at the moon. Yeah. I'm like, that is just fucking beautiful. It just looks awesome.
0: Well, it seemed like they uh, there's so much in the Unreliable narr- Narrative territory being like is he batman is he not batman is it in his head is he crazy and i know the first series was kind of like that with that other character uh, what was his name martin no yep yeah i martin. think it is I don't um, know. and so there's so much about that with that one but then eventually we figured out that he was crazy and joe and Joker does something to him to make him you know, convince him that uh, that uh, he still was living with his family he was going crazy when he already had you know killed his family and stuff like that but um so I thought, since this was billed as a one-shot, we would have that kind of finality of him being like, is Batman crazy or not? And at least a point where I could be like, <clears throat> he could see the bad signal, which I think I think it's meant to be. Uh, by the way, also, I, I was checking. I haven't checked Twitter yet, though. But I was, checking, I was just checking around the internet to see if anybody's talking about this book. I haven't seen anything. Uh, not to say that nobody's talking about this book, but maybe at this point, nobody else knows what the fuck to think about that I ending. Mean, but um. He sees the bad signal. I think it's supposed to be for you to be like, oh, he sees it, so he is Batman's real, and he is the Batman, he smiles. But also, he's been seeing shit the whole issue. He literally thought he was the Batman, and then he woke up in the cell. So, like, I can't even believe he got out of the cell and jumped out the fucking window. Like, I need something, some sort of grasp of reality to be like, what is true and what is not? And I know that's the point, but what I'm saying is, If it's part of a series, I can forgive that because eventually we're going to get there. But it's billed as a one-shot. So I should get some of that. Give me a little bit. And also, if it's billed as a one-shot but it actually turns out to be a bridge between series one and two, uh, you should should have the second part announced already. So that way I can be like, okay, that's good. Probably we're going to get into that in the second one. It's going to be more about Batman. But there is no second part announced. I have a question mark. It says the end question mark. It doesn't even say find out more in the upcoming series or anything like that. There's not even, like, they didn't even have to have the end. It could just be him looking at it, and it could just end. And I would have been like, okay, I guess there's going to be a second series. But to say the end question mark, uh, for me, there's something inside me that's just like, it feels like a cheat to be like, f- to live inside this reality that we don't know what's going on, and then never to find out what's going on.
2: Yeah, that's kind of worries me that we'll never get a... I mean, I'm sure those two will be able to... Uh, Tell another story, but and in this world, but I'm like, that is concerning. There's nothing announced for it. Maybe they're waiting till October, you know.
0: Who knows? I mean, obviously, I mean not obviously, but they can't just end it here. <laughs> like, I need something yeah. this. I mean, it's <clears throat> it's gonna be like this. Imagine this. Spoilers for six cents. Where uh he says, uh, you know, I see that people and at the end. He realizes that he's dead because his wife is like uh, drops his ring. He's like, where the fuck's my ring? And then the movie just ends and you're like, is he dead though? Like, I don't understand. Like there's not more context to be like, yeah, all the shit you saw, he was dead. Um, Not that I need that, but I also need (coughs) you to be like, I need somebody else to confirm that this Batman is Batman. <laughs> like, obviously I can't trust them. I don't know what's like, if he was injected with some sort of serum or if he's going crazy on his own, if he always was crazy and like the little kid thing, like if that's actually reality that he went crazy as a kid and almost thought that he was this Batman character. Um, but then actually does it doesn't make sense. Why would Joker hate Mr. Pouts? Like Mr. Pouts came from somewhere and that's the Batman. Even when he was a little kid, Mr. Pouts existed and that was probably, like, put in his head to make him think he's crazy, and so, I don't know. Like I said, enjoyable. I'm going to give it a 9. It was The art's fantastic, and the story is good, but that ending, for me, really, I don't know what to think about it, and it almost kind of sours it for me, but then again, the rest is fantastic, so.
2: Yeah, I'd give it a 9 to, um, man, I, yeah, Sorrentino and Lemire, if they could do a Batman book of any kind, I'm in hundred percent. So it, it was fun read, but yeah, ending not so great.
0: You know, you could probably give me a couple of weeks and I'll probably be like, yeah, it's fine. But uh I don't know. I just felt like the whole issue I was like, yeah, like I was so into it and then to not figure out and not have any kind of promise of another issue explaining, or at least going into it more for me was like, ah, come on, like where's this like where's where's my series at? Um and you know, like you just said, Garrett. In this day and age, I don't even know. October might be announced. Who knows? With all this stuff being yeah. delayed, like, at least give me something in the back being like, hey, we're thinking about it. But obviously, shit's going on <laughs> right now. Like, let's come back to this.
2: Well, one last thing I'll say about it. I do get sick of the trope of, like, confusing Bruce Wayne so much that he's insane. Like, there's got to be another way
0: for we, we, to we just talked about identity besides Yeah, we, just, we just talked about it at the beginning of the show, Arkham Asylum. Like, that, that Grant Morrison book is about that, too. Like, Confusing him and what's going on, and um, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, Batman has always been a story about identity and what, and who is he actually? Bruce Wayne or is he actually the Batman? And like, who is he as a person? Did he die in the same day that his parents died, or is he actually like the, is there still some Bruce in there? Uh, and does the Robin kind of family kind of bring that out? And like, they save Bruce basically, and like, there's always been identity kind of stories around it, but. Like Gary was saying, that's always the go-to is like, oh, is he crazy or not? And be like, I think at this point, I'm going to say that Bruce is broken, maybe not crazy. And he's not crazy because of the other people in his life that kind of ground him, Alfred, DeGrayson, and his son. Um, And so I think we've gotten past whether or not he's crazy or not. Like, to ignore that... I mean, and again, this is an alternate universe, so who knows? But to ignore that we we haven't told the story before or those kind of uh, anchors don't exist uh, it just seems weird and if there would have been something at the end being like yeah he is fucking crazy or he's not crazy and then in the sequel you tell me he's not crazy or he is crazy then I'd be fine but I need some sort of definitive thing at the end to be like here's the end of this issue like this is the end of the one shot like you got this one shot thinking it was going to be contained guess what it's not <laughs> By the way, yeah. um, before we get into the last book that we all read together, <clears throat> I want to talk about uh, Die Number 11 that I read uh, on my own uh, by Karen Gillen and uh, Stephanie Hans. Uh, I won't go into uh, specifics because I know you guys still read that. Don't you guys still read it? I dropped it. Alex, you I read it? I read
1: it. Okay. I read it.
0: I won't tell you specifics, but I really fucking enjoy this issue, dude. <laughs> it's really good. Um, there's something that happens at the end. Uh, that I won't say, but it actually kind of uh changes the book a little bit. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Uh, I thought the art was fantastic. I thought this issue, there's a scene in this issue that is uh might be one of the best scenes I've read all year. Um, but uh, uh it's a nice book, and uh, I do see online it gets a lot of, of praise from readers, and so I like that it has that audience out there for this book. Uh, because um. It also is, it's like a a book that has its audience, but also is kind of under the radar. And uh, I actually really do enjoy it. Um, I know for a while, I think all three of us were like, "Eh, where's this book going? And then it got there. Uh, We talked about issue 10 uh, when it came out like four months ago. Um, But for me, I really enjoyed it. And actually this issue made me want to reach out to uh, mutual friends of ours that like uh, D&D and was like, you should be reading this book. Like, this is really good. I mean, it's 11 issues in, you should, like, you can pick up two trades of it right now. And if you want to, they're actually on Hoopla, the first two trades. So you can catch up uh, all the way to issue 11 uh, in a couple hours. Maybe not a couple hours. I don't know how quickly you read 10 issues. How quickly you read 10 issues, Alex? I
1: don't know, probably about two hours.
0: Well, a couple hours. There you go. And then you can go buy number 11. So uh, it was good. I thought it was a nice uh, eight, solid. Solidate. There's only one thing I I've always had this grape and I'm always gonna have this grape. I don't know why. And it's a good thing they have that character thing in the beginning. But um Ash and um not Isabella, what's the other girl's name? Ash and uh, No, it is Isabella. Is it an Isabella? I don't know. Two of the female Which characters one? I cannot felt I can't tell apart in the actual art. Like in the beginning part where it says their names. Here, let me go to the beginning part. Where it says their names, you're like, yeah, obviously they look different. But then, oh, Angela and Ash—I know they're sisters, but <laughs> I can't never tell. Be I mean, like, who are you? Um, but I think I'm eventually going to get it.
1: Isn't Angela the the one who can use coins to make weapons?
0: Yes, um, and actually, uh, a big part of this issue is about the coins. But I don't know. I might be dumb, Alex. Who knows? I don't remember I don't remember that's what happened yesterday. You never know. I don't remember <laughs> characters names. I literally was the whole issue this whole episode I've been saying who is this guy's name? Who is this guy's name? I don't remember any names. You lucky I remember your name. <laughs> that's why I call I you know, that's I why I call you AP. I, I
1: count call myself so lucky.
0: That's why I call you AP cuz sometimes I forget is it Alex? Andrew? Like I don't know. Could change. <laughs> uh the final issue we all read together <laughs> was uh an older issue it didn't come out recently but we thought we read one that way we have another book that we all read together was uh sentient number one from TKO studios uh a limited series six issues jeff lemire gabriel walter um a sci-fi story about earth is uh to a point where it has uh, a certain amount of time left before it is no longer livable uh in the book later on they say it's 10 years and they've been sending these ships to uh an outpost and basically making uh um Shit, what do you call them? What do you call when you make Colony. Colonies. Making colonies on other planets. They have another planet that they found that's livable. They make colonies over there, and the ships are going there. Uh, but there also are separatists that say, you know, fuck everybody who was running the Earth before. They brought that shit down. They're the ones who destroyed it. Uh, we're not going to listen to them anymore, and these are our colonies now. They're not their colonies. They're trying to overtake the government on that planet. But the story we're reading takes place on a ship that is going there. And they're about to pass into the blackout zone where there's no communication because it's like a radiation belt. And there's going to be no communication with Earth or the uh, colony. <clears throat> and so uh, we, most of the first half of the issue is setting up for them to go through it. Today's a big day. We're going to go through the blackout. Uh, we're almost there, all excited. And then they go through the blackout. And one character, we've seen the whole issue. Which, by the way, actually, the uh, interplay between uh, one character whose daughter's birthday it is and <laughs> shit here I'm going to go again what's the character's name the the character who has
1: who is woo is the one woo has the daughter is, is that a, an amy so woo is the one who has the daughter with the birthday and then kruger is the other mom
0: okay so woo and her daughter with the boy or like i like the uh you see them having a good day having cereal watching cartoons and then it kind of goes back to isaac and his mother kruger um, eating in silence, eating a shake, not even fucking breakfast, like they're eating like a protein shake. Uh, she slept with her gun. Uh, she asked her uh, AI to wake her up at 6 a.m. on the dot, but she was ready fucking up, like she never slept. And you kind of get this feeling that something the fuck's going on. And uh, there's a point in which, earlier on in the story, when they're talking about those separatists, that Sanchez are on the table. Uh, this guy goes... You know what? They might have a point, though, because, you know, Earth's government fucked that up. So why should they be in charge of the colonies? And she looks over at him and goes, do you really believe that? And he goes, no, no, no. He he gets embarrassed about it. But you could tell in that moment, he's like, fuck it. Should he be with me? Like, maybe he'll be with me when this happens. Because when they go into the blackout, Kruger uh, overrides the AI that's controlling the whole ship, Uh, Val. Overrides Val and basically puts a virus on her that she can't do anything. Uh, Puts on a mask, opens up the bridge to space or opens up the vents so all the oxygen is taken out. Uh, Slowly killing everybody in the bridge and she goes out of the bridge to go get her son. And when she's going to get him, she shoots the daycare worker who's in charge of the kids. And as she's walking to the kids, though, Wu gets the override key from the captain, twists it, it says delete all your uh, uh, what's it called? Operator? Uh, what? Protocols, yeah. Delete all your protocols, back to zero. The only protocol you have now is to protect those kids. Protect them in any way you can and kill Kruger. Kill Kruger to stop her from taking those kids. And she says okay, and Kruger before, right before she's going to uh, if she going to kill the other kids, she's going to do something. Um, fucking gets two big robot arms through the fucking chest, and Val saves the day. By the way, in front of these fucking kids, traumatized <laughs> for fucking <Yeah>. that. <laughs> That's the thing about in this whole issue. I was like, he really, because if you look at uh, Wu and her daughter, who were fucking happy at the beginning, and then you look at Isaac and Kruger, and how, like, They have bags on their eyes. They look so depressed. Like they they know batshit's going to happen today. And then when the kids, not only that part, but then later on, they brought to the bridge and they see their whole fucking family, all their parents dead. And also, the emotion on their face for Walter's style, which it's not a um, knock against Walter. He doesn't have the most realistic style, but those expressions really do come through. And uh, anyway, so Val, basically then you start hearing uh, Wu's daughter talking. It was like, this is the day we uh, met our mother, not our real parents, but we met our real mother. Uh, we met our new mother, Val. And uh, since they died before they could make new protocols, the only thing that Val has in her protocols now is to protect those kids. And so now we set up for a story where the ship and the ship's AI only objective is to protect these kids, and these kids are the only people left alive on the ship. So, uh, what do you guys think of the first issue of uh, Sentient?
2: I was, awesome. uh, sh- yeah, I, I was shocked. <laughs> like, I I went into a thing like, oh, this will be an interesting sci-fi story. Had no idea what was going to happen in that issue. Uh, I was completely like dumbfounded, and I enjoyed it. I it was just a lot of fun and holy shit, I can't believe, like, there were several times where I was just like, no way. No fucking way. But, like, when Kruger stood up, like, literally once they hit that blackout zone, I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Something's gonna happen here.
1: I, I feared the whole time that Kruger was a bad, a bad person. Just didn't know what, to what extent that was gonna be. Uh, And then when she had taken over control and told Val to, Open the ducks, and she's now killing all these people so slowly. I I, I was just, I, my brain couldn't even comprehend what I was reading. This book was so scary, and a I could really see people becoming that kind of evil. And a part of me is that I'm playing Last of Us right now. Uh, I had just finished number one, started number two, and it's just to see how, how evil some people can be. Kruger fits that style. And when I I actually I honestly thought Val was going to be like Hal from 2001: Space Odyssey, where she's going to be bad, and that's why I thought that was the sentient part of it. And to find out that she is now their new mother, and that her whole job is to take care of these kids, I mean, I'm so excited to get into issue two when that time comes. Uh, I loved it, loved it, loved it. This was excellent.
0: You know, actually, <laughs> this company releases issues digitally, single issues. But uh, trade-wise, they only print trades. Uh, so there's no trade for me to buy digitally. So this is maybe the one book you got to pull the trigger on and uh, for me to get print. Because uh, I think they print trade uh, per request. Like, they don't just have a bunch of them waiting around. And so you have to request them from the website, and then they'll send it to you. So I think actually... No, I don't think I saw them on Amazon. But I saw them on their website. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. And to a point, like to Alex was, was saying, it's almost a horror book where it's a sci-fi horror book where we find out that the Kruger is probably the worst of humanity, uh, at that point, because I mean, she obviously has different views than them, but really this is the best way of going about it, especially killing everybody on that ship. Um, but then again, the robot turns out to be the hero when so many times in past media, uh, uh the robot is the bad guy. Terminator 2001, you could go on for a fucking ever. Um, yeah. Uh Terminator 2, 3, 4, 5? Uh, uh, is it only five? Yeah, I think it was five. And um So like you you like Alex said, your your brain's kind of programmed to be like, oh, AI, bad. Like it's fucking gonna fucking get a this is what the bad guy is. And for that Jeff Lemire to use have you seen AI in the past and kind of turn it on its head and be like, no, this AI is gonna be good and actually save the kids, and now this AI is, like, their savior, I thought it was, yeah, like Alex said, it's, it's almost refreshing in a way where you're like, I want to see what happens in the story now, because I've never, not that I can recall, I'm sure there's stories about robots that are good, Bicentennial Man AI. Um, Vision.
2: That's really good. Which one? Vision? Bicentennial Man.
0: Why is Vision good? He kills a guy. Spoilers. So? Who hasn't? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but for his family. But, um, spoilers. Uh, but then again, like Alex said, I don't think I've ever seen anything in space, sci-fi. on, a, on a, It's different. And uh, it's so, Walter's art, hmm, fantastic. Uh, Jeff Lemire, obviously his second book. We've talked about it tonight. Uh, and uh, satisfying. This is how you do it, Jeff Lemire. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, unlike his other book. Did we read three Jeff Lemire books? What did we read? No, no, two. Just two. No, just two. Um, the guy puts out so much fucking content. Slow the fuck down. Jeff, how many books you got to mm-hmm. have? It's all good. It is all good. It, all is good, all good. it is all good content. But I'm just saying, I'm worried for the man's mental health. Actually, he does have a system done. He works eight hours and he's done, which, will, you know, anybody else does. So he just knows a way to make it productive. Um, it's fantastic. I'm going to read the rest, too. Uh, now, whether that's me buying the issues individually or going to get that paper trade, either way, I'm. it's going to get read. It's only a six-issue series. Uh, it's a, a studio that actually... Uh, a couple months back in march uh three months uh when this whole pandemic thing started and people started getting like they shut down production on comics diamond said hey we're done uh tkl was one of the groups that said hey we're still gonna we're gonna make a fund, basically and kind of pay out the comic book shops and kind of help them out uh, anything that they order from us like will uh refund them if they want to get back basically doing the right thing at that time made me like this kind of uh uh, studio TK Studios, and actually, I told the guys at that time I was like, we should re- review a bunch of their books just as like a thank you for doing this kind of thing during that time. But so, not only is the studio it does doing good things, but I think judging by this first issue that we read from this publisher, uh, definitely lets the uh, the writer and the artist do whatever they want. Uh, issue did not hold back whatsoever, and uh, it kind of makes me excited to not only finish this, but they have some other series that look interesting to me from other creators that I've read before and uh, makes me want to check those out. So I thought it was great. Uh, as Alex said, you've seen it before, but you haven't seen it yet. Is that what you think? It's a solid nine for me.
2: I'd give it a nine also. I'm uh, super excited for issue two. I'm still in shock from that ending. I was just like, damn, that's that's fucked up.
1: Uh, I'm going to give it a 10. I actually thought this book was such a mind-blowing phenomenon for me that I couldn't give it anything less than 10.
0: Do <clears throat> you know what, Alex? You got. It. You say that, and I'm, I'm thinking right now, now when you're saying that, I'm going through my head and being like, what could have been different? You're right, I think so. Especially, I really do love that breakfast scene because it kind of goes back and forth between what they're doing, like their wake-up routine. And you can so tell, like, if anybody was paying attention, not us, but anybody on that fucking ship, you could tell that Kruger was not in the mind space. She was off obviously like worried and out of there. And the way to set that up and like when Wu meets her and was like, Hey, what's going on? Big day today, and she's like, What, excuse me? And he's like, Yeah, we're going to the blackout. Said, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> like all that shit. You should be like But obviously at this point, like you're going to a colony. You don't you expect everything to go ship uh, tip top tip top. How do we say? Good <laughs> and uh, um, <laughs> tip top. What, what's that saying? Tip top.
1: <laughs> what uh, ship <ship-shape>? <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> uh, shape? Ship shape tip top, and tip top, and tip top shape. Tip top shape, and um, and it doesn't like it. Almost is uh, ignorant in the same way that. Like, almost proves trigger's point that the, this government, this government, that you're so used to do things a certain way. Like, maybe they shouldn't be in charge if they didn't notice this fucking lady, obviously, was about to shoot them in the fucking face. Uh, by the way, she didn't have to shoot that daycare worker in the face. But that, like Alex said, this proves how fucking evil she was. <laughs> like,
1: but, she, but, she, but she even says that. She goes, Clark, I don't have to kill you, but I've already killed everybody else. Might as well add to the pile, apparently.
0: <laughs> she was like, heck, I can't risk that you're going to influence the children, but I'm going to influence them as Carlin for life by shooting you in the fucking face.
1: <laughs> well, you know, the only thing is that, so all the other kids probably think of uh, Val as the hero. I'm thinking Isaac just made a new villain, a new, a new nemesis for his life. He just watched his mom get kind of torn apart. Uh, here's Johnny from The Shining. <laughs> that door open. which actually
0: does make me think whether we get a time jump in this series or if it stays as with them as kids uh and that's another aspect to it which makes me excited to kind of delve into it and see what we get but uh fantastic fantastic um walter hey what weren't you guys read aren't you guys reading a book that has walter art besides the vision book that we were way back
1: uh I you guys he's on something but i don't get
0: it i think maybe gary gets it is he on that strange academy book
2: Oh, yeah, but that uh, issue one literally came out before, I was just looking at that, it came out before the pandemic, and now it's like, uh, issue oh, two that's is, is going to come out sometime.
0: Uh, issue two, I actually... The,
1: that's the Scotty Young multi-book,
0: mm-hmm. okay. Actually, issue two, I saw, is coming out next week, so... Huh. There
1: you go. Oh, perfect.
0: <laughs> Those are comic books we uh, read for this week. Sentient number one, Dying number 11, Batman the Smile Killer number one, Uh. Alex, what did you read? Batman 93. Batman 93! Uh, That, that Texas Sex is Blood, Blood, number, number one. one. And, uh... Is that it? I feel like there's yes. one more. No, nah, I'm up to
1: You talked about Spider-Man Life Story.
0: Oh, I didn't, because. actually. With you guys. Uh, Before we end it here, Spider-Man Life Story, number one, the 60s, I read by Chips at our scheme, Mark Bagley. Um, and two things I wanted to say about it briefly. Um, I put this off for so long like i didn't read when it's coming out even though the premise uh intrigued me i
2: swear we reviewed this on the show
0: we i you might have but i didn't talk about it because uh, really? i haven't read this before um uh the premise is very interesting to me and mark Badley, like i i obviously don't have an issue with his art because i read of all, all ultimate spider-man but i feel like mark badly bagley of the last like five years is kind of like phoning it in um but in this uh series fantastic um, and I think that might come from giving him more time, and the other stuff he might have been rushed to do. But I read the first issue, the '60s, uh, and it was very, very great. I'll say, fantastic. Even I don't want to say fantastic again because I would say fantastic. It's fantastic. Um, but uh, the end, especially with Captain America, mm, good stuff. That's the my, that whole
1: run. That that whole run is awesome.
0: That's my Captain. And I wanna know where the fuck he is. He's not in that book anymore. Dead. He's not in the You know what? He's locked up. The real captain is in that fucking jail. Oh wait, no, he got loose. I don't know what happened with him. You think he's well, I don't think it. It, it Am I still reading Captain? I don't even fucking know anymore.
1: Well, we're three months behind because it <laughs> hasn't come out. I think it's out in two weeks.
0: Well that's what I mean. Like I don't even know if I read the last issue. How am I, supposed, I guess I can look at my see if I have it on my account and see. Anyways. Uh, this books we be right for this week. Spider-Man, uh, Life Story Number 1. That was what I read. Uh, RavenComicsAndCards.com is our sponsor. Also, RootsOfTheSwampThing.com, your definitive source for all things Swamp Thing. Uh, Swamp Thing appeared in the Death Metal last week. Uh, he also uh, is going to be appearing on the CW. They're replaying that series. Uh, and also, there's a Justice League Dark animation coming out. Am I correct in thinking that, Garrett? Uh, it already came out it already came out I bet he's in it so uh, go check that out there but go to RootsOfTheSwampThing.com Roots also on Twitter at DCWorldSwampy or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash thing, to read more about Swamp Thing uh, go to WednesdayComics.com that'll bring you to Anchor.fm while you're there make sure to subscribe to the show or show your friends how to subscribe to the show you know what that's what you're giving out for the 4th this year I know everybody gives the 4th uh, of July presents I got mine already Alex said he's got his on the way. Uh, Garrett uh, also has his coming. And uh, everybody says, hey, what'd you get for the fourth? You know what? You give the gift of Wednesday Comics. And I'm going to hold you to that. Uh, when you're there, also, make sure to click on the link that says website, because that actually brings you over to the merch page, which you can get a new Wednesday Comics podcast, uh, T-shirt, mug, uh, face mask, whatever you want to do. Uh, pillow, scarf, no scarves. And uh, whatever you want to do, go ahead and get that there. Uh, you can also, while you're there, go to... Uh, it has, also has links to our Twitter page that at, is at Wednesday Comics, or you can follow at, uh, Garrett at Garat 2188 Alex at Alex Pastrello, or me at Marvin underscore Salguero. Uh, you can follow us there. Hey, guys, we have a book club.
2: Wednesday Comics League of Extraordinary Gentle People proudly presents...
1: Fatale, volume one, Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, Elizabeth Breitweiser. You gotta read it. Be there. Be square.
0: There you go. That like we mentioned earlier in the podcast that we will be reviewing for next week's show. So make sure to get us your voicemails at 605-215-1849 or go to go to anchor.fm uh, go to, go to Wednesdaycomics.com, which means to anchor.fm and click on leave a message to leave us a message. You can also email us Wednesdaycomics605 at gmail.com. And send it there, uh, which is weird because usually I bring that up first. When's the comic 605 at gmail.com? I almost forgot it this time. almost forgot it. But there, I brought it in the last second, the gmail.com. Also on that show, we will be talking about the uh, next uh, book club book we'll be talking about. So tune in to see what that will be. Tough decision. Tough decision. Uh, But we'll see what it will be. It's my choice for that next quarter. So which next quarter ends what, September?
2: I think October. so. Oh, October? Damn it.
0: July, August, September. No, October. Beginning of October. So uh, uh, we'll review that then. Uh, so tune into the show to see what I pick and also to hear about Fatal Volume 1, as uh, Alex said, Ed Baker, Sean Phillips, and Betty Brew-Weister. Uh, guys, great show. Great comics this week. Actually, it's probably the most comics I've read for a show in forever. Uh, I actually mm-hmm. went above and beyond and read one of my own. Which never happens in this show. A two on my own. Uh, But I was just so excited about getting comics. You know what? Actually, I'm going to be 100% honest. That Texas Blood made me be like, I want to read more comics. And so that's why I read those two and was like, let me read these. And turned out Die was pretty good. And that uh, Spider Man book was pretty good. So you know what? Those three and then Sentient uh, made me have a good week. Batman also, like I said, most of it was good. Except for that fucking ending. Why can you just tell me? Is Batman crazy? Alex, what do you think? Is he crazy?
1: Yes. Yeah. Of course he's crazy.
0: Can you he imagine
1: up like a bat and goes out at midnight, beats the shit out hey. of some people. Most of them play it and have a Alex,
0: like, imagine you play that Arkham Asylum game, but the whole game is the scarecrow levels. And then you never see anything else. <laughs> that, that was the I mission.
1: jump off the building too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You'd jump off by the way, Garrett, don't you think if you actually jumped through a window like that, you would be cut to shit, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely you would. But he just smiles at that bad signal. I was like, he, I'd be bleeding out. That's why I knew that wasn't true. He's still in that room. He'd be bleeding out on the floor. He's even got a suit. Come on. Batman, you crazy psycho. <sighs> <laughs> crazy <and> psycho. <laughs> if I saw Batman on the streets, I wouldn't believe that he was a savior or my hero. I would shoot him two times in the chest. And say this man's crazy, and he was attacking me, and I would throw him in Arkham two times in the chest, obviously with uh, a Nerf gun, because uh, I'm not violent. So, <laughs> you think you could make a Nerf gun Nerf bullet go super fast that it would knock somebody out?
1: No, you would you would shred <laughs> <spread> the no.
0: <laughs> Alex, I'm going to look it up on the internet. And somebody's done the experiments, and I'll get back to you next week. The I'm only
1: a- way you I could guess. kill someone is if you literally shot them in the mouth with a mouth of Did I say, did I say kill? They choked to death. Did I say kill? Dart. I said
0: knock out. I said knock out. I didn't kill. No kill.
1: I heard. I heard kill.
0: <laughs> yeah, I heard. <laughs> knock out. K O T K O. That's that studio. My name is Marvin.
1: I'm Alex. I'm Garrett. Hey everyone, stay safe and keep turning those pages.